science fiction writer, a theologian, a mother of dragons, and a healing justice facilitator for social movements living in rural Minnesota. And I'm Aja Marie Brown, author of Emergent Strategy and Pleasure Activism, co-editor of Octavia's Brood, facilitator of Black Liberation Work, Auntie Extraordinaire, and doula living in Detroit. <laughs> I know, I'm like, you know, it's a new year. I want to switch up what I say. I yeah. Am, you haven't changed it up. <laughs> yeah. And this is How to Survive the End of the World. Our podcast about learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. Mm-mm. And we doing it. <laughs> we surviving. All right, so we are here. Um, Autumn and I are, are recording this on... January 2nd of this year, even though I don't think you're going to hear it probably until early March, Mm -hmm. but the beginnings of things, the ends of things and beginnings of things and all the rituals around it are super important to us. And we got to share some of that with you last year, share the tarot cards we were pulling for the year and other things. Mm -hmm. And so when this comes to you, it'll be the kicking off of the next season of this show, which is kind of mind blowing to us that this experiment keeps going and y'all keep loving it. Um, and we have something like 400,000 listens and a ton of patrons and like, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's real. This is a real show. (laughs) (laughs) It's real, Um, bitch. This is a real ass podcast and we're like real podcasters and stuff. And it's a big way that we're organizing ourselves into 2019 and already thinking about 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, We have some live shows coming up this year. There's a lot that's bubbling and, um, and then both of us just continue to have these like super full, rich lives. Um, and so we wanted to start off by sharing with you all what we're looking to do in 2019, what we're setting intentions towards. It's also some things we're looking to let go of or decrease mm-hmm. in our lives. And uh, I wanted to start off by talking to you, Autumn, on that tip, because mm. last year you very vulnerably um, came onto this podcast and talked about the state of burnout that you're in. And then we were able to organize a sabbatical fund for you that was um, also rooted in the fact that you work for a order and they're amazing and they're down to give you um, sabbatical, sabbatical time. Yeah. And so the combination of things has made you be like, Oh, I can do a sabbatical. Yeah. This is happening. And so here we are um, as we're recording this, you have one more gig and then mm-hmm. you're into the sabbatical time. And so I wanted to hear what you have planned, what are your intentions? And I hope that we'll be able to come back after your sabbatical and get to hear yeah. how it went and sabbatical what happened. Debrief. Yes. Yep, yeah. Sabbaticals. Yeah. It's really interesting to be, I'm, I'm basically four days out from the start of my sabbatical. So mm-hmm. today is Wednesday, January 2nd. My, and I'm, I'm working the rest of this week and then I'm leading a workshop on Saturday in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. That's the end yes. of my, of my work. Um, and, so, and I'm also coming off of uh, a week of being on holiday yes. um, for, um, you know, about 
seven days, seven work days, basically. Yeah. Which holiday is never really a vacation. It's never a vacation. <laughs> I feel like that I needs always to be get like on the other side. Thing. And I'm like, now I need a vacation for my <laughs> holiday. Exactly. Um, and and there were there were absolutely aspects of this last week that were restful, and I yeah. got a lot of really good quality time with my kids, especially last week. Oh, um, but I'm inside of like a major major emotional roller coaster right now. Yeah. Um, that's both rooted in my burnout, but also rooted in like just major changes and transformation that are happening in some of my core relationships. Yeah. And um, so, you know, in all honesty, the last two weeks of my life have been incredibly hard. Yes. And I, I You're definitely in the like, I am, you know, Dragging, dragging myself my to that finish rocks, line mm-hmm. um and broken glass and mm, oh, um, some needles that i'm like why are those needles there yeah people and should put those in safe needle boxes <laughs> why didn't they put the needles away yeah. um so <laughs> yeah so the last the last two weeks i've basically been in like a continuous state of activation and that's been really mm-hmm. challenging for my nervous system yeah um and i just feel myself like literally coming apart and I knew, I knew kind of, I had some sense that, that taking a week off before my sabbatical was both going to be like the thing that would get me to my sabbatical start date, <laughs> but also would be really hard to do because yeah. I would start to like come apart. If only Jesus um, had been born like a week later. I know, it's just like, Jesus, why'd you <laughs> why? do it? Like um, <laughs> slash the church, why are we right. celebrating or, this time of year? It yeah, doesn't make any there's sense. There's so many factors. Um, <laughs> so, Capitalism. So here we go. Yes. You know, so I'm, I feel like, um, and have the last two weeks actually shifted what you're needing from the sabbatical? Like, has it sharpened that in some ways? Yeah, I think so. I think like, um, I think the last couple of weeks have shown me that l- being in a place at this point in my life of feeling so under resourced because I've spent the last like four years of my life just like giving, giving, Mm -hmm. giving, putting things out into the world, supporting Mm -hmm. other people, supporting Mm -hmm. everyone else in my life to like get their needs met that I, um, I feel like raw. Like I feel like I don't have skin Yeah, and it means that like everything feels like, an assault on my nervous system right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's helped me see really clearly how critical it is that the sabbatical time be a period in which I'm actually resting down my nervous system. Yes. And, um, you know, people talk all the time about how like you need to rest and recharge, recharge, recharge is the word that people love to use. And it's like, but it's not for me it doesn't feel like a metaphor anymore it feels yeah. <laughs> like it feels like i literally do need i i'm realizing that i need my sabbatical to be so focused on my body yeah and focused on how i like regenerate a sense of like inner resource yeah. and a sense that i like actually have the strength inside my body to yeah. move through the changes that are happening in my life yeah um so what what that has meant for me going into next week is this feeling I, I'm I'm nervous right now. Uh-huh. I'm really nervous. Because um, this is your first sabbatical. This is my first sabbatical. I've never in my adult life taken a break from work that wasn't either maternity leave or 
um, like like a week long vacation with my family or yeah. like a writing residency where I was actively working on a creative project and I had like a very short window of time in which to do the work. Yeah. Um, Our family struggles with this. Yes. I just want to give you like a little, I was like, <laughs> it's not like you're just solo out here. You know, like we really as a family really struggle you know, with, I, I mean, I was just texting our parents this past couple of days of like, Hey, stop working, stop working, go home, yeah. celebrate that a new year is happening right. or whatever. And it's, just, you know, it is, it is familial. And then for you, it's been kind of like overdrive. So yeah. the nervousness, like, is it a nervousness? Like, what will I do with my time or what all is going to come through? Or Well, so what's interesting is that the plan for my time is really clear and yeah. like, my um oh yeah you've got some good plans i've got i've got a whole plan oh yeah and but what i'm <laughs> i love what, that you have oh, so much plans because my my when i have a break i'm just like right no plans that's I mean, how this, i know it's and this, is, <laughs> and this is exactly the autumn experience right that i'm like um i i've had to work really hard mm. to not create a whole bunch of goals for what I'm going to do with this time. <laughs> and so the, good job. Thank you. So the only goal, the mm-hmm. only goal I've created for myself for what I'm going to do at this time is to finish revising my novel. Nothing so, big, nothing, nothing big, big. but like, you know, my novel is, your novel is incredible. It, my novel is complete. So yeah, it's like, yeah. it really is just a revision process. Yeah, it's just like giving a kiss and a hug and a little noodle yeah. noodle. Well, and, and rearranging some things and you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, I've got, I've got sections of the novel that don't know where they live yet and yeah. things like that. Um, so the way I've structured my sabbatical is that is really around my writing process. Great. And so I'm going to spend the month of January revising um and also like sleeping reading resting Mm -hmm. um I'm going to Mexico for a week by myself the second week of January yay um due to an incredibly generous offer from one of our listeners um and so I'm going to be going and staying in this beautiful house on the coast yes and um and I think I really am going to use those days really just for reading and sleeping and probably very little writing. Good. But when I come back, my plan is to really use the next few weeks to finish the revision process. Great. And then my hope is that by the first week of February, I'm sending my draft to my readers. Great. And then you and I are going to Ireland together it's in true. February for two weeks to lead this visionary fiction writing workshop. I'm so excited. Um, and then I'll come back. I'll have three weeks um, after that where I'm home. Okay. And, and so my hope is to have the feedback from my readers by the middle of March Good. because that's when I go to Vermont for my writing residency Yay. and I'll be in Vermont for the last two weeks of March Great. finishing my novel. Awesome. Um, and probably that's start, so I'm guessing like starting a new like project a trip as well. Each month. Yeah, that's exactly. Great. Um, the other thing that's happening is I'm also working on an album. <sighs> So Tell us more, Autumn. I just started. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something, this is brand new for me that I, in the last couple of years, I've started writing music for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Like really. And well, you've um, always been writing music and actually, but I've always been, but I never saw myself as a songwriter. Um, and then really in the last few months, I've had like a whole series of songs just really flow through me. Mm. And so I, I've started a collaboration. I got with, to listen to some of them. They're really <laughs> good. I'm like cupping this so that you can't hear me As telling though, the readers. Like, I can't see that your hand is over your mouth. <laughs> like readers. readers. I got to. I guess they're readers. 
listeners, they're, um, they're good songs. So I, I've started a collaboration with a very dear old longtime friend and musical collaborator named Nehemiah Luckett. Um, a great and name for a musician. we are, yeah, he's an amazing person with an amazing name and an amazing voice and he's incredibly talented. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we're going to be making music together. Yeah. Um, and I don't have any goals around that. I'm just like letting it unfold. Yes. Um, and Letting well, and Nehemiah and I are, yeah, we're just very much in the zone of like, let's just see what this feels like to, to make music together. And how's it felt so far? It's incredible. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really interesting to, because Nehemiah and I used to play music together when we were in college. That's where yeah. we met. And it's really interesting to come back to, um, collaborating musically with someone who I've known for a long time and trust very deeply mm. um, and who I feel just very aligned with in terms of our musical style. Yeah. But to do that where at a point where my voice has matured fully, uh-huh. you know, cause uh-huh. like, <laughs> right. You know, the, for, um, for, for most women, our voices do not mature fully musically until we're in our like early thirties. Yep. And so, I can do things vocally that I could never have done when I was in my late teens, early 20s, when I was originally making music with Nehemiah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I read someone, someone wrote that about Aretha Franklin, that it's like there's something that happens that you need a couple of heartbreaks in your <laughs> life, <laughs> which I think is wild because is real. it feels real to yeah. me that it's like you need a few heartbreaks. There's a certain way that you cry. There's a certain thing that that does that changes your body and your throat and mm. the noises you can make, the certain mm. kinds of grief, you know, that it's like, oh, there's a certain thing that you can only sing after you have been like crying in the shower right. for hours. There's a certain <laughs> thing you can only sing after yeah. you have like lost a loved or, one. Or in, in my case, I feel yeah. like I was always a very um, inhibited singer like I've always had a good voice I've always had a really huge range vocally but it was always very inhibited because I am a perfectionist and 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 then being classically trained didn't help that Um, (laughs) because it was like there is a right way (laughs) there you know exactly oh shit if there is a right way and I can't do it exactly that way then I can't sing Mm. and the last few years um really starting in 2016 when I went on that vocal arts residency to Croatia. Yes. Like the last couple of years have been about me relearning what my voice is and what my voice can do. That's right. And then just getting really free inside it and being like, I I actually love the way it sounds yes. when I am in my like uninhibited place of creativity. Um, I'm, I, I can do vocal improvisation now in a way that I couldn't do before because I was mm. too scared. Yeah. And so it's been pretty powerful actually to be like finding my voice again, um, or finding my new voice. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, so yeah, so that's my, that's my plan. The nervousness yeah. is, um, so many things. My nervousness is that I won't be able to relax. Yeah. My nervousness is that like there are too many changes happening in my life and I won't be able to focus on myself because I'll be so focused on those yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah. My nervousness is that I will have an, I'm nervous. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm afraid of some of the things that are going to come up that are related to all of the grief and trauma that I'm carrying that mm-hmm. I've been like, you know, compartmentalizing in order to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the way I'm trying to take care of that 
is by not having so many goals that I will That's feel brilliant. like I think it's important that if I don't finish my novel at the end of yes. March that it doesn't feel like I failed. Exactly. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, I have to say, I'm so glad that the first place you're going is a remote, remote location mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah. Because I think that as someone who's done sabbatical before myself and coached a lot of people into and through sabbaticals, one of the things I think is is absolutely true is that hopefully you schedule a sabbatical in such a way that you can have a nervous breakdown <laughs> without having too much impact on your life. That yeah. That's a lot of what I, you know, I was like, when I see people who are like, I'm taking a sabbatical from this so I can do this other project or whatever. I'm like, that's not actually right. what I'm thinking. You know, right. what I'm thinking right. of it is I'm like, I have, I have maxed out and I need to kind of fall apart and then see what's left that matters to me and mm-hmm. pick only those small pieces up, leave the rest behind and, and move forward. Yeah. And like that does take solitude it takes like rest it also takes nights where you can't rest and you're just up all night like looking at the moon howling at it what's going mm-hmm. on who am i why and it takes a very private time yeah it's like there's it's so private and i think when we don't give ourselves that private time that private time comes into our public lives and mm-hmm. takes you know space there it's like yeah. i will make a mess of anything else if you <laughs> need me to um <laughs> You know, like I because yeah. I will make sure that, you know, I get your attention. Um, so I think it's really powerful that you're like, I'm going to go somewhere where there's nothing else but me to yeah. contend with. And I I love it. You know, when people do silent meditation, which is just a lot of other things I think you can do that mm-hmm. can kick you right in those particular right balls. And I think they're, <laughs> they're kicking me right in those balls. And I think that like there's a there's certainly an elegance to the way all of this has happened um, you know, like there's, yeah. there's a real magic to the timing around yes. when I was offered this yeah. place because it came in the wake of a different trip I was planning to take being canceled yeah. in a way that was like really awful. Yeah. And so like it, it, it was just very like, oh, the universe is putting me in the way of this experience exactly. that I actually need to have exactly. because what I need, what I desperately need obviously is to be alone exactly. and to really reckon with what is happening inside me when I'm alone. And that's actually, I mean, I'll say this and you can, we can decide later if you want to keep it in or not. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that to me, the biggest difference in our lives is that I'm very like, Oh, alone time is how I survive. Like I love being with other people, but I'm very like kind of very protective over the spaces that I need to have on my own. And in your life, I'm like, even when you're like, Oh, we're taking a break, we're doing a vacation, whatever. It's like, and I'm still with, five to seven other human people right. <laughs> and dogs and cats and you know I'm yeah. like there's literally actually between the cats the dog children husband there's what 10 to 12 people that are or re- creatures living beings mm-hmm. that rely on your well-being even on a day off yeah. right oh, and yeah. then that like so what a day off <laughs> looks like for you is still fielding all of that incoming mm-hmm. and so you know when I'm like when I take a day off I'm like I am eating an edible at nine o'clock in the morning, turning my phone off, <laughs> taking a bath, right. binge watching Big Mouth or right. Grace and Frankie or something. And then I will check in with the world when I fucking decide to. And like, yeah. you know, no one's even going to knock on my door except maybe my favorite baby friend who even she is so smart because she'll be like two minutes. That's all I need from you. Right, <laughs> and right, I'm like, great. Right. I don't have to be in a coherent state to give it to you. You're right. a kid. So <laughs> like that, you know what I'm saying? Like what alone time, what quiet time yields. Yeah. I am like very into the value of it. And I actually think 
the majority of moms I know never actually get alone time. Yeah. And like if I was to start like another whole foundation or another project, it would be like alone for moms. moms. Alone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or just be like, we will book your Donate babysitter and your <laughs> domestic support and we will like send your husband somewhere or your mm-hmm. partner or whatever. And then you will actually get to be alone. So I'm just like yeah. thanking all the stars. Yeah you know Kendrick Lamar's that made yeah. it possible for this to happen yeah and I think the, the only other experience I've had of being alone at that level is when I did that writing residence uh-huh. on Martha's Vineyard but yes. even then like I was I was working on a very specific schedule I was writing for six hours a day I was yeah. like you know what I mean it yes. was like um, it wasn't it wasn't a situation where I could choose yeah. to do or not do anything. Yes. And I think that what I am really curious about is like, what is it going to feel like inside of Autumn to be in an experience where I can choose to do or not do anything? I'm so <laughs> excited for you. I'm um, excited for that. Yes. That's perfect. So um, I would love to hear a little bit about what you have planned for the next few months yes. of your life. Oh, miss, I just got back from Thailand. I know. I just got back from Thailand and I think I might be going back <laughs> already. Um, eat, pray, love. You know, well, eat, pray, baby. I mean, like, it's eat, just, pray, baby. I'm really, I fell in love with the baby, right? Which is, duh. Like, obviously, if you see someone for the first couple of mo- weeks of their life, mm-hmm. you're just going to, there's just like irresistible time, right. right? Just like, oh my gosh, all you can do is grunt and poop and it's magic. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking ahead at my year and I'm really, I have all these like warriors around me and my friend group who are like, stop over scheduling, stop over planning. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, I'm not in the zone where I'm like, I, I need a full sabbatical yet, right. but I'm, I'm getting close. Yeah. I am like, I definitely am like, it's been such a big, it's year. been a huge year. And I kind of, I feel like I just went, whoop, you know, like super ninja my way through mm-hmm. this year and asked for a lot of help, got a lot of help. But I also feel like all systems are on this level of alertness and like just like, um, ooh, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Mm -hmm. It feels very present. So the next few, this year, uh, the big thing that I'm trying to do this year is really pivot back from facilitating and push some other people in my life into a lot of the facilitation work that I've been holding because I have amazing facilitators around me who are hungry for these opportunities and who want to be mentored around specifically bringing the emergent strategy yes. aspects to it. So that's a big like meta goal for the year. And one of the ways I'm trying to move that is that the thing that I'm offering in the world is going to be emergent strategy training, like facilitation training, some more immersions and the immersions will happen in places where there are clusters of folks who came through the Detroit programming this year. Yes. So I'm we looking were all at incredible. Literally, it was just like it was just magic. almost 300 magic, magic people magic. fell in love with each other, fell in love with me. I fell in love with them. And now I'm like, I think that there's enough of these strong clusters that something new mm-hmm. can can grow with each of them. So I'm looking at Durham. I'm looking at New Orleans. I'm looking at the Twin Cities. Hey. I'm looking at the Bay, New York, mm-hmm. um, possibly L.A. These are just places where like large clusters of people came and where I'm like, there's enough, you know, it's sort of like there's six to ten people who would hold the local programming. Yeah. And so that feels exciting to me. 
um, bringing on staff for Emergent Strategy Ideation Institute. So by the time this podcast comes out, I'll know who this magical human being is that is helping me Mm -hmm. get all the things together. And then there's someone else who came through the Emergent Strategy Ideation Institute last year who I'm bringing on to also just help with event production of those. Um, So those, those feel, and I'm really nervous about that. I really do well just doing on my or I have done well in my life just being like I just hold that part of things yeah. um, and what happened this year is like the, the incoming overwhelmed what I can put out mm-hmm. right so I'm like I can't even manage the number of people who are like can you come do something yes. and even when I'm like don't come on my social media and ask me to do work you know like I have boundaries set right. in each of those places and it, it doesn't matter like people still come in my PMs and my DMs and my mm. FM, whatever M's <laughs> And they're just like, how how can I reach you? Right. And so it starts to feel like, oh, can I just go somewhere? You know, so I'm just like, I, I'm hoping that those people will help to redistribute that incoming so that it can feel joyful again. Because yeah. I really want it to be like, yes, there's so much excitement. Yes. And, and there's and now there's so many people who can help hold this. Exactly. Yeah. And yes. there's a way to meet that excitement because I don't. The goal for me has always been I never want to be a bottleneck to any concept that I'm excited about. Right. So I never want to be like, well, you can only get it if you come through contact with me because yeah. that doesn't feel sustainable and that doesn't match with any of my beliefs in the world Um, or what emergent strategy or what emergent strategy is and how it has grown. Like it's Mm -hmm. like it has grown without me being in 95% of the places where it has grown. Yeah. You didn't even do a book tour. Nothing. Okay. I'm like, people don't even realize this. (laughs) Someone was asking me this the other day. They were like, how does Adrienne promote her work? And I was like, she doesn't, she doesn't promote her work. I don't promote. (laughs) (laughs) I don't promote the work. I mean, I do in that, you know, I'll say like, I mean, you have an amazing social media. That's what I was going to say. I was like, if people, I think for me, if someone follows me on Instagram, then they will see my love for emergent strategy Mm -hmm. showing up in all the ways. Mm -hmm. And then I uplift, like when other people love it, I uplift that. And I'm like, look, someone else, cast a spell someone else used one of the tools whatever but I'm never like you know I've never sat down and be like hmm like where do I want to place this and that whatever right. interview thing so and that works for me yeah. I don't it's not a strategy I recommend for necessarily everyone right but I'm so anti-fame <laughs> that I'm like it's like I'm really trying to figure out like how to offer my things in the world mm-hmm. and rec- be recognizable for that and still not have to deal with the the negative trappings of it yes. right yes, so yes. goals for the year goals for um, the year I'll say another big goal or not even goal, but like just an intention I'm holding for this year is I want to sing a lot more yeah. with others. So I'm like so excited your album is coming out because I'm like, goal. you know, like mm. that's to me is a goal that you have an album out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of my goals is, is that your album. you do something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love making goals for others. But uh, this past December and in December, I was in um, New Orleans mm-hmm. and my friend Sage Crump, Sage Crump. The Crump. Um, invited me to a song circle at her house. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop talking about how incredible the song circle was. Mm-hmm. Just singing. It was like a group of women. There were drinks. There was like coquitos and wine and whiskey and mm-hmm. stuff. And then and people just took turns offering up like, oh, what about this? Do you know grief and praise? And it was just like, ooh. And then people just jump in and start yeah. harmonizing and singing together. And there was just magic coming up, swelling, harmonizing, and then coming down. And each song felt like such a spiritual journey.
and I literally feel like it was rearranging me. And I have forgotten that my one of my greatest joys in life comes from yes. singing with other people yes. in that way. And that that's my best singing. That's my best self. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do feel like that's a highest mm-hmm. self. That's a, a liberated self. So I want to find ways and places to say yes to that and maybe invite and hold some of that. I get nervous a little bit around like, I will hold it. Cause I'm like, I don't, I'm really the worst with words. Of song. So I'm like, <laughs> I need, like, I was like, that's a pretty song. I love the rhythm. So. It's like, it, like we just thought we would, we, Adrian and I just went to see um, the new Spider-Man movie into the Spider-Verse. Exactly. And it's one of the best part, the Mike Morales character yes. who's like, oh, or Miles Morales character where he's so like, good. got his headphones on and he's like, <laughs> This is mine. <laughs> I like that's literally how I'm living my whole life. Okay. Um, oh, we're doing great. I, I, we are doing great. I love you. Um, <laughs> so that is, that feels like a really big piece of my life. And then I, there's just the continuous thing of spending more time with people I love. Yes. Um, than I do spending any attention on things I don't love. Um, so like I want to spend a lot of time. (laughs) I want to spend so much time with all my nibblings this year. And like my nibbling horde keeps growing, you know, like I just feel like (laughs) I love that. I just, okay. So pause, rewind in our childhood. Oh my God. We would be sitting around the dining room table. So I'm, I'm raising this because I just said something that made autumn spit water on herself. No, I successfully avoided it actually coming out of my mouth, but it was close. It was a close. There's a droplet on your lip. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So when we were kids, we would be sitting around the dining room table and like, it's, I don't think I was really even necessarily aiming for this, but a lot of times I would be able to time a joke such that you or April had just taken a bite of food or a a drink of water or some other Mm -hmm. drink. And then you would spew the substance out of your mouth onto the whole table. Um, Something that only you seem to derive pleasure from. <laughs> well, <laughs> I still derive it. it uh, I guess I'm evil in that the particular other thing way. That you somehow you made me do, I don't know how you made me do this, but you would make me laugh so hard that I would clap my hands, but I would miss when I clapped. <laughs> And my hands would just go past Your each other. Your hands would go past each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one else can make me laugh like that. Well, that's you. see. So, goals. Um, okay, so nibbling horde. Anyway, so my nibbling horde <laughs> keeps growing. Like, I just mm-hmm. keep acquiring more and more children that I'm like, I'm, I'm a little smitten. concerned that you're referring to it as a horde. But go Well, ahead. I mean, I in a positive way, I really hope that it becomes, I mean, oh, I will yeah, say true. this. I, it does feel like an upswell of children who are remarkable. Like, starting with, you know, as your children came into the world and came into my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I remember saying this, like, with Finn. I was like, I think he's like a cellular genius. Yes. Like, he's actually growing so quickly mm-hmm. and notice he's alert so much earlier than I remember other you know like children or like what I've been told about kids yeah I'm just like whoa I just feel like this generation of kids there's something really incredible about them and I keep having these moments where people are like I don't know how this child is this big they're so tall they're so attentive they're so smart they're so hungry for knowing how to survive in this world they're so emotionally attuned like there's so much going on Hmm. and that just keeps happening with kid after kid after kid which I think is on some evolutionary level there is a way that uh, 
you know, in, in a breastfeeding scenario, right? It's like the child is sending signals into the breast of what I need and the breast is responding and sending signals into the, you know, it's like there's this communication hmm. around the nourishment that's happening. And I almost feel like that, it's almost like the earth is sending some kind of signal. Here's the kind of adults, here's the kind of humans that we need. Like we need you to be emotionally prepared and ready and brave and large and, and like times are changing Nothing and you need to be ready. I mean, small babies are fantastic and, <laughs> and right. Small, small and mighty, big and mighty, but there's something like the spirit is big. Mm-hmm. And I just keep me feeling like all these children are coming in the world with huge spirits, ready to go, ready yeah. to feel, ready to love and just paying it. I mean, like, attention i'm like you should not be able to see me yet yeah and you're following me ar- my, around the room how is that yeah you know you shouldn't be able to understand this yet but like one of my nibblings is regularly you know like we'll be having a conversation i'm like she'll ask a question within a few minutes that indicates like i deeply understood everything you just were saying i'm like but you are too but, you are like, <laughs> but how yeah. and and it's it's amazing to me yeah. and they're all like you know a lot of them are like in in, in different areas of their life they're like we are in what the 90 fifth percentile of kids has ever been in terms of height or speed or reading capacity at this age or other things. And I'm like, I don't think I'm only friends with people who are having genius babies. I think there's something about this generation and I'm excited about it. Mm. So I want to spend a much more time with them. Like I feel like I want to be an important factor in all of their lives. Like Mm. I want to be memorable. I want to help shape them. I want to be a vision of fatness and blackness and queerness and like mm-hmm. alternative ways of loving and building family and all of that. So that just feels like mm-hmm. a really big like calling for my year. Hello, beloveds. I just wanted to add here a little note because as I was listening back to the recording of this, I was thinking, I know that so many of my nibblings are actually people who would be seen as neurodivergent or having different abilities or disabilities. and uh, But I don't know that all of you know that. So that when I'm speaking about this nibbling horde of mine, that I'm speaking about nibblings with Down syndrome, I'm speaking about nibblings with sensory, um, sensory disorders, I'm speaking about nibblings with all kinds of mental health and mental differences and things that are considered attention deficit disorder and all these different things. And yet, um, every single one of them is living it in a way that I know I didn't grow up seeing um, that scale that passion that love that sense of rightness that knowing exactly the spiritual path you're meant to be on um, so I just wanted to be clear that that is what I meant and what I mean um, when I speak about my brilliant genius nibbling cord <laughs> thank you so all of that feels like um what this year is going to be about. And then pleasure activism is coming out. And um, I am, I'm not doing When's it going like, to drop, Adrian? So on the internet, it says basically February 14th, I think, which is so cute. That's <laughs> I totally didn't plan it that way, but I think it's cute. Because um, it's like, <clears throat> you don't have to buy a card. Get this book for somebody. You know, <laughs> you know don't right. tell them to love you. Tell them to love themselves. So yes. I think that the book is going to be, I'm, I'm really curious how it's going to be received, but if it's been such a succulent process, like the creation of it mm-hmm. has been so good. So just in the same way, like emergent strategy, the process felt very like sacred and massive on us. You know, I was like, whoa, like I feel like I'm riding a big old mm-hmm. God bicycle or something trying to do this project. Mm-hmm. And for this one, it's just been like, 
rolling pleasures, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've just been like, I am delighted by these conversations that ended up in the book. I'm delighted by the process of editing. I'm delighted by what I chose to care about and not care about. Mm-hmm. I'm delighted by how much Audre Lorde and Tony Cade Bambara are uplifted in it. It's just like, it's yeah. just like, it, it's a, it was a deep pleasure to me to create. And I am going to do a few events this year around it because I was like, I, this one, I want to go play with people around it. Like, right. you know, not even promote it, but just be like, <laughs> you know, like let's like yeah. enjoy this together. And like, I want to, I want to bring the people in it. It's, it's more interviews and conversations um, than emergent strategy. So mm-hmm. I want to have like those conversations in places where those yeah, folks live of just totally. like, let's talk, you yeah. know? Um, and, and I just hope that it brings a lot of pleasure to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, it's like one of those things of it feels important at this time. Yeah to be increasing the the pleasure that exists in the universe like mm-hmm. we need that um, especially right now and i want to get a lot of tattoos ooh have i told you about this yet no. i want to tattoo my whole ass basically <laughs> there's this person like one whole side or so just like the whole entire there's this um like l- <laughs> there's this like lingerie model that i follow on instagram mm-hmm. i have to find her i think it's like galadu or something like that mm-hmm. but i was noticing i was like every time i look at her pictures i'm like the lingerie fine but like the, the tattoos. tattoos are stunning to me and it's kind of like they come it's like starts on the hip and it just looks like a vine into flower thing that like opens across the ass and then goes down the thighs. Lovely. And I was like, I want that. I, want that. I love my ass and thighs. And like, that would be a, you know, when I put the, I put, um, there was a period where I, I tattooed a cow and an elephant on my arms mm-hmm. because I'd always felt negatively towards my arms. Right. And I think we talked about this in decolonizing the body, Yeah. but it was like, that was an act of self love and claiming those as like these big, beautiful, yeah. unapologetically beautiful spaces. And I feel the same way, like where I'm just like, I actually really love my ass and I love my thighs let and me I decorate it. Yes. Like <laughs> let me decorate it so that, that everyone can really, you know, enjoy it. Um, which, but I'm like, and then I'm going to have to take lots of pictures of that. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, Definitely. I might have to be a laundry model in 2020 or something, but I'm just like, well, I have no idea. Yes. I just want to open myself to yes. all those possibilities. Cause I'm like, pleasure activism is about to change your entire social media persona. I do. I, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want to really wear clothes anymore. So anyway, we'll see what, what happens with all that. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Well, these are such good intentions for the year. Yeah. We're, um, we're going to have a great we're year. We're going to have a great year. High fives. Dumpster fire to um, the end. The dumpster fire to the end. Yeah, I'm just like 2018. I'm just, you can just go be alone in the woods. Um, <laughs> with I a blindfold on. With a blindfold on. <laughs> and a box of birds. Good luck. Terrifying creatures. Um, <laughs> All right. I think that, so Adrian and I oh, were yes. thinking that in similar to last year, that with the last few moments that we have, um, we could um, pull a card for each other. I love this. For the year. Practice, yes. Um, so do you want me to go first? Can I pull a card for you? Please. Okay, can you hold my mic? Gotcha. All right. So as before, I'm using the Wild Unknown Tarot deck. Yes. Um, I love this deck. Which has served me so well this year. Yeah. Um, tarot is literally everything. It keeps coming through for me with such clarity. I just want everyone to have their own deck and their own practice. Oh, I'm also working on a tarot deck this year. That's right. I'm going to make, it's going to happen. Yeah. Octavia Butler tarot deck. It's going to be, it's going to be a thing. Mm. Mm, That was a good one. The card just popped out. It's a nice card. What was it? Ace of Cups. Oh, Ace of Cups. I want that in my life. Okay, good. Damn. This deck is trying to tell you lots of stuff about me. (laughs) 
Stop. Reading Stop my life with your shuffle. Right. All right. You cut it. Very nice. Thanks. My cutting is all that. <gasps> your card for the year is one of my absolute favorite cards in this deck the empress yes it's a gorgeous tree that's glowing in a red light and i'm just gonna read it to you please the omg empress. what a great and auspicious card i'm very excited about this card creation nature the mother mm. The Empress is the mother or the goddess of the tarot. Her energy encompasses all that is warm, fertile, creative, and sensual in the world. Hi. Ding, ding, ding. Her strength comes from being gentle and compassionate and loving without binding. When this card appears, it's pointing to either a maternal relationship in your life or the side of yourself that wants to love more. The Empress also suggests, this is just what we were talking about. The Empress also suggests it's time for you to reconnect with nature. Mm. Go outside tonight and find the moon. Ooh, that's exciting. I'm on it. Yeah. It's also new moon, new moon time. Yeah, good luck this. finding the moon. <laughs> I feel like, is it that black hole or that one? All right. So now it's your turn. My turn. And um, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm working with the Slow Holler Tarot deck. So beautiful. My fave, one of my absolute faves. Um, I hope they reprint more this year so more people can have it. So what I'm going to ask you to do is cut the deck. Okay. And then Bran wants to be a part of our tarot deck reading. Me and that dog are doing so good this visit. Yes. And spread it out with your left hand. And then let a card call to you for this year, for 2019. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so that's interesting. so important. That almost makes me want to cry. I'm getting like a tingle <laughs> in my brain. So the card that Autumn just pulled is the strength card, number eight of the Major Arcana. I love that we both pulled major arcana cards for this year. Something magical about that. Um, can I read it to you? Yes. Yeah. So hunker down, persist in your course, brace yourself for resistance. Know your path, your goals, your capabilities, and your shortcomings. Release shame. Release the desire to control others. Feel your resilience growing. The strength card reflects quiet determination in the face of adversity to show persistence in the face of setbacks, to maintain your composure and focus, you'll need patience. Prepare for the long haul and brace yourself for the challenges ahead. Find the place of refuge, solace, protection, or shelter where you can tap into the deepest wells of strength inside you. Trust your own power, even and especially when others can't or won't see it. Strength is neither perfection nor invincibility, but resilience, adaptability, and determination. Oof. Well, wow. <laughs> the tarot will get you right. The tarot will get you right. That's so incredible. The tarot will get you right um, in your life. And exactly the message I needed to hear. And also, one of the things that's really interesting about pulling that card yeah. is that um, I feel like the strength card yeah yeah the strength card in my deck is yes. it's 11 instead of nine yeah but it's the card that i pulled 
um, the night that I finished my novel. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. I think, if I'm remembering correctly. So anyway, it just feels like it's awesome. both yeah. the message that I absolutely need to hear right now, like literally today literally in today, my life, yeah. but also it feels very auspicious in terms of the project that I'm like yes. trying to bring to closure. <sighs> Yay! May it be so. May it be so. Well. All right. We did Let, it. Let's plan to check in again on the other end of my sabbatical. I would love to. And, and see how see how things have gone um, it's gonna go great in the way. meantime we're gonna take our break and <laughs> yes see i'm so excited for us doing this what comes yeah thanks for listening to our show <laughs> we're on twitter and instagram at end of the world pc we're also on facebook at end of the world show you can make a sustaining donation to our show by visiting our page at patreon.com slash into the world show and we will be figuring out new goodies for our patrons this year so be on the watch i love the fanny packs idea i'm pro another incredibly helpful thing you can do to help our show sustain itself is to write us a review on apple podcasts if you are an iphone person thank you how to survive the end of the world is produced and edited by the immense and magnificent zach rosen Music for today's show comes from Tunde Alaniran and Mother Cyborg. Yes, and I highly recommend listening to Esperanza Spalding's 12 Little Spells if you ever miss us. We're all up in that music. It's all up in us. It's all up there. Bye. Bye. I just wanted to add one more little note. Because I am feeling so deeply happy and so content right now in my life. And I started out the year feeling a lot of distress and a lot of dis-ease, like stretched too far and holding too much. And I have been feeling deeply content and satisfied um, for about a month now. And um, since we recorded this so long ago, I'm like, oh, that's shifted already. And as the new year starts and, and y'all start to hear about what's happening in life, I want you to know I am doing intermittent fasting and I'm swimming every day and I'm traveling and I'm home in what feels like a good balance. And I am, yeah, just deeply, deeply, deeply content with my life right now. So, yeah. Happy notes. Happy notes.